This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Twisty Pod. This is Taylor Woods, host of the Taylor Woods YouTube channel, also a host of the world-renowned number one podcast, (laughs) otherwise known as the place where I come to vent and chat with you every single week. It is so lovely to be back. I hope you all had a wonderful, long Memorial Day weekend. Thank you so much to those who serve our country. Only the utmost respect for you. Thank you so much for your service. I hope everybody stayed safe. You enjoyed yourself. It feels like I have not sat down and chatted with you all in centuries, truly. I've been very, I don't know what the right word is, but I've been trying to get ahead on a lot of things just because I know how summer starts to get. And really, especially in Washington state, I feel like nobody makes plans pretty much from, let's say, January to April-ish. And if you do, it's just kind of casual restaurant life. I mean, COVID, of course, changed everything. But in the summer, it feels like people want to do things every single day or every single weekend. And that's totally fine. I love that vibe, but I want to be able to enjoy myself. So I want to get ahead on things so I'm not stressed when the time comes. And I just want to be able to enjoy summer because truly we live nine months for three here in Washington state. It pretty much stays sunny for a short amount of time. We are outside for three months straight. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. So if you can't find me, if you haven't heard from me, probably count on me being outside, trying to tan under some SPF, of course. I always try and get my hair very lightened by the sun in the summertime because if I don't, it kind of turns brown, which is totally fine, but it's just not the best look on me. And I just, I want to be basking in the heat. What can I say? I'm a California gal at heart. A few episodes ago, I started talking about how I'm just very much over that mentality to avoid certain clothes during the summertime. I kind of shared how I've always had a lot of insecurities when it comes to even wearing dresses sometimes or short sleeve shirts, shorts, definitely shorts. And that conversation even carries on to the gym as well, which I didn't really touch on, but it kind of can be a similar topic. I mean, as the heat starts to come with the summer days, I get very, very nervous. And it's something that I've been really trying to work on and to fight very much mentally. Because here's the thing, so many great and beautiful and empowering conversations are being had to quote unquote, wear the damn shorts or to throw on a sports bra and just wear your sports bra to the gym because that's what you can do and that's what you should do. And why the heck not? Love the body that you're in. I am so on board. I am front of the line. I'm leading everybody. I've got a flag. I'm waving it left and right. Like I am with you. It's just so much harder to put into practice than verbalizing it, I guess. 
And I mean, I, I try and say this and maybe I don't say it enough, but I definitely have my own share of self-consciousness or my own share of insecurities, which is a really weird thing to think about considering I do so much content about myself. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's very counterintuitive, but I almost try and just put myself aside when I'm making a lot of content because I feel like in my heart, I see it as not to be too cheesy, but like helping the greater good or just wanting to connect with you all because that's much more important than sitting in my bedroom, getting mad at myself because I have X, Y, or Z insecurity. I try and just sort of push past it and be as confident as I can be because I think the content and the value that I hopefully provide is more meaningful than just continually not believing in myself, if that kind of makes a little bit of sense. But I think I've talked a lot about wearing the damn shorts, doing the darn thing without being a good example of it myself. If I were to be very honest with myself, I did a whole video where I cleaned out my workout clothes. If you haven't seen it, I essentially just kind of do a little bit of spring cleaning with my workout drawer because I hold on to things for years on end, which sounds a little bit gross, but when you buy things like Lululemon that's gonna stand the test of time, it really does stand the test of time and I keep it for a very long time. But inside that drawer alone, I think I have two pairs of workout shorts, which are both very flowy. They're maybe more like athletic running shorts type of vibe. I've always been too nervous to buy that look that looks like cut off leggings, like cut off seamless leggings. I know Gymshark came out with a whole bunch of shorts that basically look like their leggings that were cut in half got too nervous to purchase those. I even think about certain tank tops that I have that I barely, barely ever wear. Most of the time, like you see me in my videos, I wear cotton t-shirts or long sleeve shirts and long pants. Always. It's what I just feel most comfortable in. And it's been this way forever. Like I've just never been, I don't know. I think I've always been more modest in general, but even when I felt more confident, I've just never purchased those types of clothes because I've never felt confident enough to wear those sorts of things on my own in the gym working out, which is so stinking stupid. It makes absolutely no sense. But I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm preaching this to the choir, but I'm not putting any of it into practice. And that needs to change retroactively. I think first and foremost, I need to be better about incorporating those things into my wardrobe, even if that means I'm going out and purchasing more things. So I give myself more of a reason to wear them, putting my money where my mouth is, I guess you could even say. And in just actually not being so beyond scared. And I do have a lot of, of course, insecurities with the way that I look in my body and my legs, my arms, whatever. But something that honestly holds me back even more is something I've never fully talked about and something I try very hard to hide in all honesty, but I have a lot of insecurities with my actual skin. Ever since I can remember, I'm going to say probably puberty, I've had what's commonly known as keratosis pilaris, I believe if I'm going to be saying that right, KP for short, so I don't keep butchering the name in case I said that wrong. But I've had KP pretty much, honestly, as long as I can remember. It's been on my body for 
forever in my eyes. And it's extraordinarily common. Like probably somebody that you know has KP. And if you're not familiar or it's just a term that you've never included in your vocabulary, which I hadn't myself up until a few weeks ago, it's essentially these kinds of red bumps that get formed most prominently on the outsides of your biceps, the upper parts of your arms, your thighs, the backs of your legs, sometimes your bum. There might even be a few more areas. I want to say your face also as well, but it's very, very common. It's also very common when people are first starting to go through puberty. And if I'm not mistaken, I want to say it's a result of hairs that are trying to reach the surface, but they don't. Basically, it's kind of like congestion of sorts, and it's usually easily treatable. Sometimes you just have to get a certain body wash or a certain lotion, and a lot of times it can go away with time or it can just go away with certain treatments, topical, steroid, whatever. And I've never been very self-conscious about the KP on my arms or my thighs, I guess, because like I said, I feel like I've just had it for forever, so it's just sort of always been on my body, I guess you could say. Sorry, I'm starting to get like awkward and weird as I'm talking about it, but it's true. Yeah, it's always just kind of been on my body, so I haven't really given it much thought other than the fact that it just irritated me. But when it first was appearing on my skin, my mom and I were trying to figure out what the heck is going on because I don't think either of my sisters had it. They both just had porcelain, beautiful skin. And I could be wrong, but that's at least how I remember it, of course. So when I first started going over my arms, I was probably like 11, 12 years old and whatnot. And we would go to the doctor and they would give us different types of things to try. They give us different types of lotions and I would have to apply all this stuff to my skin every single night. And it just, it never really went away or it would temporarily go away and then it would always come back kind of in, in full force, of course. So I kind of was just at the point of after trying what felt like, I don't know, 15, 20 different treatments, I was just sort of over it. Because like I said, it's very common. It's not that deep. I guess you could say it's not very serious unless you maybe have more severe cases of it. But as I got older, I started to notice some really, really bad irritation which in my eyes, I couldn't really identify. I would assume it's more of an extreme type of KP that was happening on the backs of my legs, kind of like my hamstring area. And it would bother the living heck out of me. And I don't even mean to be saying this in past tense because it's still very alive and well. And what was so irritating about it was that it felt like the more that I did to attend to it, the worse that it got. And it just never felt like I was finding the right answers. And I would go to different dermatologists and they would get it tested. They'd send it into labs and then they wouldn't find anything conclusive. So there wasn't much I could do about it. I mean, after just years and years of feeling kind of defeated with certain things on your body, you start to just sort of accept it as it is. And if it's not harming me, if it's not causing any discomfort, it usually is kind of benign and it's fine to just live with. However, that doesn't include, you know, the insecurities that I guess kind of come along with any of those things. Because sure, it wasn't going to be hurting me in a medical sense, but I was still going to have this 
I don't know, baggage for lack of a better term that was always going to be following me whenever I was with friends and I was out and about. I always had to think, oh, how can I cover this up? How can I wear something so that it's not noticeable? Or what are they going to think if they accidentally see it? Or if I'm in a bathing suit or something, I'm not going to have any of that area covered. So what are they going to think? What are they going to see? And sometimes it would be better than others. And sometimes it would be really, really bad. And I'm just talking like big, huge bumps, like kind of not like welts, but kind of what looked like bug bites almost. So in the last few weeks, I've been trying to be very serious about finding more treatments because I think I've gotten to another point where I'm ready to try things again. And I'm kind of, I don't know, crossing the bridge of feeling more ready because sometimes it does get a little bit emotional. It does get frustrating, especially when you have certain conditions that feel like they can never be fixed. It brings up a lot of emotion. And I'm even speaking on a very small scale here. And I can't imagine what somebody with something a lot more serious and maybe not benign deals with or holds that burden on their heart. I absolutely cannot imagine. I mean, my heart goes out to them 100%. But I've been trying for the last few months to try and get appointments with dermatologists or specialists in my area. But unfortunately, lots of people weren't taking new clients or appointments at all. Everything was just booked and booked because for so long, I think that was maybe one type of clinic that was just not reopening faster than others. But thankfully, in the last few weeks, I've been able to see somebody who's trying to help me with hopefully what will be a successful treatment or successful dosage. I'm not really sure. But I think it's so weird because I think in my mind, I can't reach that point of quote unquote, wearing the damn shorts until I have this area of my KP fixed or healed. And I know that like doesn't make any sense. But of course, I think it has a lot to do with my insecurity or my uninterest in wanting to wear things that would show off that area for sure. And I know sometimes in a weird way, a lot of you will listen to the podcast and and feel inspired or feel connected to a story that I'm sharing or something. And I don't know, I feel like in, in some ways I have to be a really good example, which is maybe just all made up in my mind or it's something that just comes with the job title for lack of a better term. But I feel like in certain circumstances like these, it's so much easier said than done to be like, oh yeah, I'm a perfect example and I'm totally just going to rock whatever I want to rock right after I've had this conversation because all of my worries are out the door now that I've finally moved on to the next chapter of my life and I've forgotten about my KP and everything's fine. Like I wish I was that person, but so much just comes with, I don't know, like time and healing and maybe just learning to accept my body as it is and its form, whether that means I have big bug bites on the backs of my legs or whether that means I'm a certain size or whatever, it's always going to be easier to verbalize a lot of those things. But I feel like where I trip up is always in the execution. And I want to say I am so past that and I want to say I'm just so ready to be there like 100% wearing whatever the heck I want. But I also feel like So much of it has to do with how society perceives the imperfect or how we are always taught to, I don't know, as women, like take up less space or to not have cellulite or to not have bumps on our skin, to not have texture, 
all of these things that are beyond stereotypical. It is 100% common. And it hurts a lot to think that we've been taught this standard is what everybody looks like. And that is just complete and utter bullshit. And of course, I just, I love and I appreciate and respect so many people that have come out and shown some more of their bodies and they're all about body positivity and they're just kind of being these incredible trailblazers and breaking down all of those stereotypes and saying, throw that shit in the trash. But I don't think it's ever going to be enough until that's in mainstream media because here I am talking on a podcast about it and how important it is that we don't have these facetune auto filters or whatever that are stripping down all of our texture, all of our bumps, all of our cellulite. But I'm a little tiny podcast or I'm a little tiny Instagram. I'm a little tiny YouTube. That doesn't matter in the grand scheme of the world. It really doesn't. And things aren't going to change until mass media, these big, huge companies are actually the ones that are stepping in and showing what realness is. And I mean, Hollywood even, like that's what needs to be the driving force. And I feel like sometimes they tiptoe on the subject, but (laughs) I'm going to say all of this with a big fat, but B-U-T. I am not going to be the type of person that waits around waiting for some big, scary money company to tell me when and how I'm going to feel about my body. I'm saying society is going to need to continue to change. But I'm not going to sit and wait around for that day to come because I am young. I am, (laughs) it's hard to say these things out loud. I am beautiful. I am fun. I am confident and I deserve to wear the damn shorts. I deserve to go to the gym and just wear whatever the heck I want. If that means I'm wearing a sports bra, if that means I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt, that means I'm wearing shorts, pants, whatever the heck. I just want to feel confident and comfortable and be so sure of myself that I don't have to look around to other people for validation. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that I'm always constantly having to overcome is viewing myself from my own gaze, not from the gaze of other people. So that was kind of a very long way of sharing my KP story with you all. And like I said, it's a very, very benign and common thing. But I think because I have such extreme cases of it, especially on my legs, it just, you know, sort of complicates things when it comes to me taking that extra step to feel confident. But I need to continually remind myself that it shouldn't and it's okay and we have texture and we have skin and we have cellulite and that's beautiful. That's great. That's fine. And I just, I know I've said this before, but I don't want to look back and waste my days away thinking I should have done this or I should have felt more confident or why didn't I just seize the day and be outside and go do things in the summer sun, wearing things that are appropriate in the summer and not just hiding underneath clothes. (sighs) You know what I'm saying? Quick side note, quick hard left, but in case you have forgotten because I'm going to be honest, in some little stints I have myself, but I do still have an active, somewhat active, Step Into 21 Facebook group. And I know I am not the best with Facebook because I just don't go on it myself. I don't have a personal Facebook, so I kind of always forget about Facebook, which is so, so, so bad. And maybe I would just open up a Discord or something if you would prefer that. Let me know. Leave me, I don't know, a a DM on the Twisty Pot Instagram or something if that's what you want to see. 
But moral of the story, if you need some sort of support or friends or just people to speak with in a smaller, tight-knit, fun community, I do still have the Step Into 21 Facebook group. I believe it's called hashtag Step Into 21. You can probably find it on one of my YouTube videos, or I can also leave it linked on Twisty Pod if that's easier for you to find. But just saying, throwing that out there, if you're somebody that just kind of wants a little bit more of a support system or you don't have many people in your life that you can talk to about fitness or health or wellness or food, or you just want suggestions on different workout programs, or you just need a little bit of encouragement, it's a great place to hang out, meet some new people, connect with people literally around the world. It's so wild to me that there are so many people across the globe that I will probably never be able to meet in real life that I can chat with on Facebook, on Instagram. It's so incredible. So just mentioning that in case you have forgotten, because like I said, sometimes I do myself. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. I have a really good question from Lainey. I actually have great questions from so many of you, but kind of in the weird little segue of how do we stay and feel confident in certain clothing or let's say in particular bathing suits during the summer. So that's her question. She says, so transitioning from wearing the damn shorts to generally how to feel good trying on bathing suits and staying confident. So here's what I have learned very recently about bathing suits because for the longest time, 100% hand on heart, I just never bought them. I never strayed into the bathing suit section. I was always too nervous, which is just so beyond silly. I'm not even going to get into it, but I just always felt so insecure. I never even bothered buying bathing suits because it would mean taking them home, trying them on, crying, hating every second. So first and foremost, with any store, but let's just say particularly with bathing suits, we always have to remember that every single store is going to size things differently. You could be a size large at one store and you could be a size small at the next. I don't know who the heck comes up with these systems. They're completely arbitrary in my book, but I try, I try my best to just throw all of my association or any attachment to numbers or sizes or letters, whatever, out the door because truly it means nothing, especially when it comes to shopping at different brands because so many things do things differently. I don't get upset if I'm a size eight in one shoe and I'm a size nine in the other. Why would I get upset if I'm a size extra large in something and I'm a size small in the other? It makes no sense. So if that's something that bothers you, try your best to always remember it's not me. It is the store. It's different sizing. It's how the manufacturers work. It's the fabrics, etc. Do not get bothered by the clothes. We are not meant to serve the clothes. The clothes are meant to serve us. And if they no longer serve us, they need to be out of our lives or they never need to be entered into our lives. So that's kind of my number one mindset that I've been using if I've been trying on clothes. Now with COVID, it's so dang hard because I, one, I don't love like going to the mall in general. And two, I especially don't love going to the mall in this 
kind of post-COVID, during COVID type world. It's just, it's not fun. Also, the thought of going into a dressing room and trying on bathing suits makes me, no, just no, I'm not doing it. So point being, a lot of the things that I've been wanting to try, I have to order online, which is such an annoying process because one, it's tedious. It feels wasteful to me. Most of the time I try things on and I just end up returning them. So, you know, you do what you can in these times, but let's say that is your process. I always want to try things on, be it bathing suits, be it new clothes, be it shoes, whatever, when I'm already in a good mood. If I'm in a bad mood, there's no point in trying on something that might worsen my mood. However, you always, of course, need to keep that thought in the back of your mind of yes, sizes aren't relevant, but also my worth is not determined by how I'm looking in this certain article of clothing. I purchased a triangle bikini from a well-known brand not too long ago, and I was so beyond excited for this package. I was counting down the days. I was tracking the package. I was waiting for the delivery man to come knocking on my door because I wanted to try this bathing suit so dang badly. It came so highly reviewed and it was truly all people were talking about. I swear on my life. And there is truly nothing that wild about it. Yes, sure. The design is very pretty, but in its entirety, it truly is just a triangle bikini as in just two triangles on top, Triangle on the bottom, very basic bikini style. Most stores, most brands carry that exact same style. I tried this bikini on and it just did nothing for me. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't for my body. I didn't like the way it looked on me. I didn't like the way it fit, etc., etc. It was a triangle piece bikini. Immediately after, I pull out a triangle piece bikini that I've already owned four years from Target, let's say. This bikini is nothing special. It is exactly the same style, the exact same design. I throw it on and I love the way that it looks on me. There is almost no differences between this style from bikini one to bikini two, but I just felt better in bikini two and that's perfectly fine. I didn't have to keep the first bikini just because other people around me were saying it was their favorite. It didn't work for me. It didn't work for my body. I sent it back. I send it back, (laughs) quoting The Office. And I think previously I would have held on to that, I don't know, like anger or I would feel upset because my body or I didn't look good in this new thing that everyone around me looks fantastic in. But all it took was for me to try it on, realize it wasn't what was suiting me and my body best. And that was that. That was enough. It's one of those things where you realize so much of your lifestyle goes back to your mentality. Of course, I mean, our thoughts are the strongest things around us because they consume us and we are always going to be our own biggest critic, but we have to be our own biggest cheerleader first and foremost. That brand knows nothing about you. They know nothing about your body. They are making a bikini or an item for a mass population and they're just hoping it looks good on all body types, which is nearly impossible. Think about it like that. How in the world is somebody who is half my size going to look exactly the same in something as it looks on me? We have different arms. We have different stomachs. We have different legs. We have different butts. Like it makes no sense to compare ourselves to the people around us or to be upset that something doesn't suit us 
and to blame ourselves or to blame our bodies, our bodies that literally carry us from day to day. It makes absolutely no sense. So do not get yourself stressed out about pieces of clothing. If you really break it down like that, nothing makes sense. You know, like if you sit there and you're saying, why am I upset right now? I just tried on these new clothes and they don't fit me. Okay. Why does that bother you? Because I really like this shirt. What do you like about the shirt? Well, I like that it's kind of trendy right now. And I like the way that a lot of other people look in it. Why does that matter to you? Oh, maybe because I want to look like those other people. Why do you want to look like those other people? Because society thinks they're pretty. Well, why does society think they're pretty? Bottom line, you are not meant and you are not put on this earth for clothes. So if something doesn't work for you, rehome it, send it back, return it, get rid of it. This is a great question from Chloe. She asks, what type of workouts do I do in the summer? And in all honesty, I don't do very different workouts than I do during the rest of the year. Sometimes it just depends on the heat and the time of day that I work out. I think in the summer, I'm a lot more adamant about trying to get up earlier or just trying to do my workout first thing in the morning. Whereas that's usually my goal the rest of the year. I'm okay if I'm working out at 3, 4 p.m. because it's the middle of winter. In the summer, I can't get away with that and it just gets way too warm. And also, I always think about what my plans might be for the rest of the day in the summertime. Like I said, people love the summertime in Washington. So let's say I wake up and I get my workout over with. That means I don't think about it for the rest of the day and the whole rest of my day is free. I mean, granted if I'm working or whatever, but let's say we wanted to go do some fun nighttime or afternoon activity that we hadn't planned. We just want to go do something spontaneous. I don't have to hold back because I hadn't done my workout yet already. So I think about kind of the activity level as well as the heat. So more so those sort of conditions, but actual workouts themselves. I do love to run a lot in the summer, which I know doesn't make much sense. But like I said, I run either in the early mornings or I run in the evenings when it's really cool and it's kind of got that warm summer air. I love that feeling. And I feel a little bit more endorphinic in the summer, which maybe means that's why I like to run a little bit more. But other than that, I really just crank up the AC when and if I can, or I just use a big tower fan. Is that what it's called? The ones that are just plugged into the walls and they zoom back and forth. I try and face that on my body as much as possible because I am a sweater through and through. I sweat, 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 sweat. The other day, I literally changed shirts because I was so sweaty. I sweat through the first one. And that's no lie. But that's okay too. And that's another thing we can even talk about is owning your sweat, being fine with your sweat and just accepting the fact that it's beyond normal and to not be embarrassed by it. And even as the summer comes along and you want to be wearing more fun colors, do it. Like who cares about the sweat, you know? Also from Chloe, do you work out on vacation? Uh, yes and no, it really does depend on the vacation that I'm on. I I feel like I literally haven't taken a proper vacation in probably two years now just because of how COVID's worked and everything. So I honestly, I mean, I feel like I can't even remember, but I will work out a lot less than I tell myself I will. Usually, you know, like when you're packing for a vacation, you're like, okay, I'm there for seven days. I'll bring seven workout outfits. I usually use about two to three of them and that's perfectly fine. Vacations are a vacation for a reason. I think it's a total personal preference. I'm somebody who actually does like to work out on vacation 
if I have the energy for it, but I will never ever make myself feel bad or guilty if I just don't have the time or the energy, or if I'd rather just give my time to the people around me and not skip that time to go to the gym, if that makes sense. I feel like I have more fun just exercising in the sun, playing in the pool, playing at the beach, whatever. And that's a lot more enjoyable than just going to go lift some barbells, in my opinion. But if I do plan well and I plan ahead, then yes, I will work out. I'll just, same thing, go early in the morning or go very late at night, basically to not interfere with the rest of the day's plans. But I never, never hold it over myself. I never get mad if it doesn't work out because honestly, it's it's no big deal. And if you really think about it, how many weeks of the year do you take an entire week off of exercise. It's usually fairly rare if you're kind of on a workout routine schedule. And if you're not, that's totally fine too. But in my case, I would say of the 52 weeks in a year, I always take off, you know, a few days around Christmas, let's be honest. I usually have to take, you know, just mental health days or maybe even I'm just too swamped with work or activities in my life. So there's probably, I don't know, only a few weeks or a few days a year that I'm 100% lazy like you've earned it at that point so never go on a vacation thinking that you're going to have to continually do that workout routine that was giving you stress if it's not providing you any bit of joy don't even worry about it that's what your vacation is for if you want to do it my only advice is to make sure that it doesn't interfere with other plans so that you're not sacrificing fun things on your vacation for a workout think about how insignificant that one workout really is in the grand scheme of things okay wait I love this question from Maddie she says any good summer reading recommendations which is a little bit of a sharp left but I wanted you know basically a a quick little spotlight to talk about reading lately because I've gotten back into my reading kick I have to vent to you all for a moment okay so you all probably know or maybe you don't but I received a kindle for the first time ever, my first ever Kindle big girl purchase or big girl gift from Keith for Christmas. And it was just the absolute bee's knees to me. I wanted a Kindle for so stinking long. I thought they were so cool, but I never felt cool enough to own one. Finally got one and I blazed through the first book I purchased. Unfortunately, I had never been a big reader to begin with because I never gave myself proper free time to be a reader. And really the only reason that I got back into reading truly was from 75 Heart. So I read Michelle Obama's book and I read another book called The Happiness Project, I think. And both of those kind of reignited my interest in wanting to be a reader. I also think people who read are just genuinely more interesting people. And it's also just such a fun concept to escape into a different world while you're reading. But I was also never a very strong reader, so it always deterred me from wanting to read more, but I realized I'm only going to get better if I keep reading. So I read those two books. I got the handle. The first book I purchased was called The Luckiest Girl Alive. And I am so stinking glad that was the first book I purchased because it is incredible incredible. I forget the name of the author right now. It's completely escaping me, but it is such an incredible book. I believe it's being turned into a movie, which, oh my goodness, I I, I get nervous at that thought because you hope it only does the book justice, of course, but I mean, 
I don't know. It's, it's beyond amazing. I need to give it a lot of trigger warnings. I would look it up before you dive into it. If you're curious, I mean, I couldn't even start on the trigger warnings because I'd probably just list nearly all of them. I would say, namely, most importantly, sexual assault and extreme, extreme gun violence. I'll leave it at that. So I read that book in a very short amount of time for me, like just a few days. I think I asked you all on Instagram for recommendations and so many people were suggesting red, white, and royal blue. And this book is good. It is very, very good. But this book I've realized is not my style of writing. The book is basically told from, gosh, this is testing like my AP Lang or AP Lit knowledge. I think it would be called third person limited if I'm not mistaken and I could be totally wrong. But I believe if I'm getting this term right and if I am, wow, thank you, high school. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Third Person Limited can make the reader feel closer to a character because only one person's thoughts and feelings are shared, thus allowing the chance to build a bond between the reader and that character. However, it's still in third person. So it's not the person saying, I feel this way. It's saying, Taylor feels this way. So you only know the way that that person feels but the story is still being told from that third person point of view. And I know that's such a nitpicky thing, but I think I have a really hard time connecting to a book if I'm not in the first person. And maybe I just need to feel more connected as I read more, but I have not been able to finish Red, White, and Royal Blue, which is such a hard thing to say because I know so many of you will be disappointed in me for saying that. And I think I've had a really hard time accepting the fact that it's okay to put a book down if it doesn't match your style. I really, really and truly want to be adamant about sitting down and finishing it when I have a free afternoon if that ever happens. But it kind of scared me away from my Kindle for a really long time because I just couldn't get into it like people were telling me I should be getting into it. I think I'm two thirds of the way, if not three fourths. Like I am so stinking close and I love the storyline. Like I enjoy the characters and I like what's happening, but for some reason I just can't get into it. I don't know. So it sort of scared me away from being a better reader, but only recently I kind of said, Taylor, you need to be better and you need to just move past it. You can always come back to the book and you just need to pick up something different for the time being. So from more suggestions from you all, I've kind of dove into the Colleen Hoover world. And if you haven't dove into the Colleen Hoover world, I'm about to open your eyes to an incredible novelist. Is that a term? Did I just coin that or is that already a thing? (laughs) She's an author. Let's just call her what she is. She is incredible and most of her books are romantic comedies or I don't know if comedy is the right word to use, but they're just cute. They're kind of like little chick flicks in 
a book form and they're fabulous and they're funny and they're very, very endearing. But the first book I actually read from her was called Verity. And it happened to be this small indie project that she decided to write kind of maybe more of like a passion side project, probably to see if it would be successful or not on her own. I believe it's self-published. And the book Verity is so beyond good. I read it in two days. And if you knew me and you know how slow of a reader I am, that is an anomaly and it will probably never happen again. But the book I could not put down. It is Gone Girl vibes. It is a thriller of a movie stuck in a book form. I kid you not, I could not stop flipping the pages metaphorically, of course, because I was using the Kindle, but the book, the book was just phenomenal. If you need a good summer read, it's probably, I don't know, 200, 300 pages. It's not too long whatsoever. You will blaze through this and it will be so beyond good. You will even forget where you are. So if you're on a really bad vacation, you won't even be bothered by the annoying person around you, your annoying step, great uncle, aunt, whatever. It is incredible. If you've never taken a single suggestion from me, if you've never listened to a single word I've said, go buy Verity. Go read the book. Come back. I promise you can trust my judgment on this one. It is incredible. If you do like a little bit of that thriller, I did get a little bit spooked because I was reading parts of it late at night and I'm a big old fat chicken. So if you're a little bit, you know, I don't know if you get a little bit nervous at night, maybe don't read it alone in the dark or something. It's one of those. It's one of those books. So start with Verity or maybe don't start with Verity if you don't want to just absolutely spoil the best book that Colleen Hoover has ever written. And that's me saying from somebody who's only ever read like two of her books. Um, But next I decided to read Maybe Someday. This is also by Colleen Hoover. I chose to read Maybe Someday because it was highly rated, but it wasn't the highest rated. And I didn't want to spoil myself with Colleen and read all of her best rated books first and then end up not liking anything else that she's written because it had too big of expectations from the other ones. So I started with those two and I'm really, really happy with it. Maybe Someday is also something I would recommend. It took me a little bit to get into because it was, I don't know, it's it's written a little bit differently. This one, if we're going to go back to our literary terms, I believe might be third person omniscient, omniscient, however you say that word. It's one of those ones where you read one chapter from the girl's perspective and then you read one chapter from the boy's perspective. And it's about two characters that live across the way from one another in an apartment complex. They form a bond. This is not spoiling it. I'm just telling you the main premise of the story. They form a bond because the boy comes out on his balcony every single night and he plays guitar and the girl comes out and listens to him and she's very mesmerized by his music. But however, the boy ends up looking into the girl's apartment and seeing that her roommate is sleeping with her boyfriend, as in the main character's boyfriend, as in being a bad roommate and bad best friend, and they're cheating. So they essentially end up kind of meeting up and they form a bond over music and it's really beautiful and it's sweet and Yes, I would say that one's probably a good next suggestion, but take my word for it. Look into Colleen Hoover if you never have. I'm not the first person that's going to recommend her to you, and I'm definitely not going to be the last, but if that's your genre of novel, kind of young adult, but fun and spunky and a little bit, I don't know, vibrant, look her up. 
Great question from Mackenzie. She said, do you swim to work out? What's the best workout when it's a million degrees? I totally forgot to mention that. Yes, swimming is probably one of the hardest workouts I've ever done. Even if I'm just treading water, it is so dang tough. If you are a swimmer, my utmost respect to you. Absolutely. Swimming is a great workout. If you have access to any sort of water, swimming laps, playing with your friends in the water, even just treading water or doing some sort of water aerobics. Have you ever tried that? It is intense. It is hard. It gets my heart rate up like no other. Absolutely get in the water, do some swim workouts. I wish I had more to suggest, but those are the only ones (laughs) top of mind. Also, Elizabeth, to answer your question, ocean or pool gal from a fellow SoCal friend, I prefer the ocean 100, 1 million percent. I actually, if I really, really had to choose, I would probably pick a lake because I love that I can swim in a lake. And usually if it's a freshwater lake, then that means I don't have that sticky, icky feeling of salt water from the ocean. And it's always, always warmer. So if I have access to a lake, I would probably end up picking a lake, but I will always choose the ocean over the pool. Unless it's a pool I'm very familiar with, I I can't go to community pools. And I know that's such a privileged thing to say, but I have weird things with germs and I have I I am just not sure. I'm okay with it. Ugh. Grace asked if I would post the workouts that I do every single day, like link to the video or I have a list of my own workouts that I can create and share. If that's something that you want me to do, let me know. I'm happy to post and share and tell you all what I'm doing every single day, even if that's a quick Instagram post, Instagram story. Sure. Like that sounds easy to me. I know what that would actually be really helpful from an outsider's point of view if you're looking for inspiration. But I think I always get worried that I would maybe, you know, like you start to be bothersome or if you've had a really bad day and you've maybe skipped your workout for 10 days in a row or something and every single day I'm like, hit the gym already at 7 a.m., you'd probably get really irritated with me. And maybe that's just me overthinking it, but I don't know, also a little bit of self-awareness here. So if that's too much, let me know. But if maybe the occasional update is something that you'd prefer, give me some feedback. Let me know. To end the podcast and to end our Q&A, a question from Maya, what the heck do we do with our free time now that COVID is quote unquote dot 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 over question mark, question mark, question mark? Honestly, Maya, once this is completely over, once we are all safe and sound and happy and healthy, my goal, my hope is that we are able to basically double down on all of the fun. I think for the longest time, I had the mindset that 2020 was a total crap year. It needs to be behind us. And truly, it does. But I sort of at least initially was thinking it's gone, it's over with, we're moving forward. But now I'm actually thinking that's wrong. What I should be thinking and what I should be doing is I need to be making up for that lost time that I didn't get to enjoy my days, enjoy the people around me, my family, the people I never got to see in 2020. I need to be doubling down on my time outside, on the fun things that I do, on the experiences that I have, I honestly just want to be like the yes man, like saying yes to every opportunity, every fun thing around me, because I think that 
I have so much more of an understanding of how precious life is and how precious time is and how grateful I am for my health and how privileged I am to be able to even be hosting a podcast talking about how privileged I am. I don't know. Like sometimes I just think I just need to say yes to everything and to appreciate every single small thing in my life. The things that I never thought twice about beforehand, I am saying thank you to 10 times a day. These small little privileges that I just totally take for granted or I did totally take for granted. I'm trying to appreciate more and more and more. And especially with opportunities, especially with activities or leaving my home, that's something that was an anomaly for so many months. So honestly, with my free time, I'm trying to, as much as I can, do more things that are continually going to make me happy, make me feel like I'm experiencing life, make me feel like I'm living again. And honestly, I think a lot of that for me means getting outside and truly being in nature, swimming, running, hiking, walking. That's something that I felt very disconnected from, obviously, which makes a lot of sense. But I want to get back to that and I want to take back my time and not just say screw it, forget about it, whatever, but really just double down on all of the fun. And I know it's so easy because it feels like we're still stuck in that mindset of maybe being inside and being more lazy, I guess, or, you know, you're in your sweats and your comfies, etc. But I really challenge you when it's safe in your area, when COVID is fine in your area, because I know it's so different everywhere, do as much as you can. Say as many yeses as you can. Talk to people you haven't seen in a while or be the host yourself and host some cool parties and go do some fun things or do the thing that you always said you wanted to do. That's my advice. That's the way I'm leaving it. And I'm going to hold you to it because I need to do the same myself. So thank you so much for listening. I love you all so much. I will talk to you next Monday. But until then, let me know if you want me to be posting more workouts on my Instagram, my main Instagram, not this one. Don't forget to join the Facebook group. Don't forget to follow the Twisty Pod Instagram. I love you all so stinking much. Stay safe. Do something fun for yourself. Say something nice to yourself. Be confident. Be you. Be your own biggest cheerleader. I love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.